So the big question is this. How do young men like us, who didn't listen to society, who are on our own, how do we grow and improve ourselves so that we can live a better tomorrow? That is the question, and this show will give you the answers. My name is James Radzinski, and welcome to The Ascend Momentum Show. So, real quick, I want to talk to you guys about something I mentioned yesterday, and it's that people treat you differently when you have your shirt off. And today, my suspicions were definitely confirmed. So, for some context, in my gym class, we have to... It's, we're in, a, in my gym class, we're in the unit called it's a kayaking unit and so we, we have to change into our swimsuits and and be shirtless basically because we're swimming and the pool that we're kayaking in is a, on the opposite end of the field house and our lockers are on one end of the field house and the pool is on the other so we have to walk all the way across the field house and the field house is just where we where everyone congregates for gym class and it's basically just a track and basketball court a big field house indoors and that's just at my school and our adventure ed class is co-ed so there's boys and girls and let me tell you, yesterday my susp I had suspicions where people treat you differently and better when you have your shirt off. And for some context, I'm tan. I'm I'm very tan right now, and I'm pretty shredded. I've got I've been lifting for two years, and I've got visible abs. So that's some context. Just as humbly as I can say that, but. Today, there was this one girl that I know, and I would say hi to her. And when I was walking back to the locker room across the field house, and I was shirtless, she, like, saw me, but she did not make eye contact with me. She just stared at my abs. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, but then I said her name. Um, and then she was like, oh, hey. <laughs> so she, she was, like, in a, a trance. So then I kind of, I, I actually kind of like it. I'm not even going to lie. I Yesterday I felt a little weird about it, but I mean, got to take advantage, you know? So today I, one of my critical tasks, my critical task for today was to go to the, the bank and change my PIN number because I forgot it. And so I biked, I had to bike there, or I got to bike there. I chose to bike there. So I biked shirtless all the way there. And it is, it's a different feeling biking across town shirtless. It's pretty uncomfortable when you get near people your age. But I don't know, I think I like it. And I, I'm preparing for Hawaii, basically, expanding my comfort zone because. I'm probably going to be shirtless 
24-7 at Hawaii. In Hawaii. So that's cool. So I want to talk to you guys about this podcast and where it's headed. I'm on episode 34, so it's been over a month of just straight podcasting. And I am planning on continuing one hour a day every day because it's actually helping me a lot with my speech and getting better at talking. So it's I'm actually very excited for the future with this podcast and I haven't checked the analytics in a while and I'm probably not going to check them until September at least September but it's it's still cool I want to talk to you guys about comfort zone a couple of weeks ago I was talking a lot about your comfort zone And it's because I was expanding it a lot. I was doing exercises to expand my comfort zone. And it it is paying off so much. It is so worth it to expand your comfort zone because I used to get, have very, a lot of anxiety. And I was just super, not insecure, but insecure around other people. And I always just felt... I always felt inferior and that was just in social situations because I just, I don't know why, but yeah, I think I'm, I am an introvert. So, but that was not like introvertedness. That was just me having a small comfort zone and not being comfortable in social situations. And so then what I did to expand it, which I didn't even do it for this reason in the beginning. Eventually I changed it to this reason, but what I did was I sent emails to five companies to try and work with them to build them a funnel, which is just a a better ver- uh, website that converts customers, converts leads into customers. And that once that got too easy, then I started cold calling. And then once that got too easy, it usually gets too easy around five goes, five times over five days. That's like the magic number that I found. But the emails and the cold calls, I did not do over five days. I did over maybe two or three days because those are just very easy things. Not easy because I was definitely, it was very difficult for me in the beginning. But they're easy compared to the things that I'll talk about soon. And then once the cold call got too easy, I switched it up and went in person and then did that five times over five days. And then I needed something more difficult and something to push me even further, even harder. And it was to cold approach girls my age. And so me and my friend went to the mall and went up to like 10 girls each. And 
just started talking to them and asking for their numbers. And we did that one day. And then nine days after that, we did it a second time. And we cold approached five girls each. And so in the, in the grand scheme of things, I think that I'm two out of five uh, attempts because I've gone twice so far. So once I go three more times over three different days, then cold approaching will be in my comfort zone. So that's really inspiring. That's really motivating because even when we went that second time, it was so much easier. It was still really difficult, but it was so much easier. So I'm definitely going to try and convince him to go again, which he won't need convincing because he knows and he's probably thinking the same to go again anyways. And all of that stuff that I've done to expand my comfort zone, I've it's such a huge asset. It's so valuable to be confident, cool, calm, collected in social situations. Because let's just, I'll give you an example right away. I wanted to drop all of my classes and only take the required classes so I can graduate early in high school and have a half day for first semester and not take second semester. And that's what I wanted. If I were to have wanted that last year and it would have been feasible, I probably wouldn't have gotten it because the things that I had to do to get it, I had to go to my counselor's office, tell them what I wanted and which alone would have been difficult for me to do. And then I had to, since she couldn't do it alone, we had to go get permission from her advisor. So basically her boss. So we had to walk all the way through the office and through some locked doors. We had to go through locked doors to get to her boss. And then I basically had to stand up in front of her boss and tell her what I wanted. Now I was cool and calm and collected throughout that. But I wouldn't have been if I didn't expand my comfort zone one week earlier. So that alone, it already has paid off because the amount of hours that I've saved in my life, getting that, it's hit. My friend did the math, I'm pretty sure, and he said it's about 250 hours per period for an entire semester. So if you do the math, I save myself eight periods in second semester for a whole semester. So that's eight times 250. I'm not even going to bother with the math. You guys can do it if you're curious. And then I also save myself 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. Four times 250. 2,000 hours this semester. So I guess it was 6,000 hours. I've saved myself 6,000 hours simply because I was cool, calm, and collected. And, it, and I was only able to do that because I expanded my comfort zone. 6,000 hours is, is near enough to become an expert at a field. And I would argue that it's more than enough. 10,000 hours is the milestone number that people like to throw around. But I'd argue that you can become an expert at your craft even before 10,000 hours. So I save myself 6,000 hours 
of indentured time to the school system simply because I cold approached, I talked to five strangers, female strangers who are my age, 6,000 hours just to spend 10 seconds each conversation five times to a random girl. Yeah, I'll take that trade. That's one minute for 6,000 hours. And plus, now that I did, I spent that one minute in discomfort talking to girls. Now I get the benefits of that for the rest of my life. Because now my comfort zone is expanded and now I'm more confident. And that's just one of the benefits that I got. I've gotten plenty more, but another one that I got just today was I had to, I got to go to the bank. My mom uh, sent me to the bank to reset my PIN number and change it. And I was able to go in there, get what I wanted, and leave easily, calmly, and without any question. And it was very... It was a very good thing because I, it was very nice because if I would have been in that situation, even three weeks ago, I would have been nervous and had a lot of anxiety, but now I can do it just easily. And I was calm throughout that whole thing. So that's, that's really it's really nice. It's expanding your comfort zone is actually one of the best things I've ever done. And I'm definitely going to invest three more days to go to the mall and talk to girls. Because if my framework holds true on the next level, which it so far it's definitely held true on the smaller level of going in person to five businesses. But if it holds true on the next level and going to cold approach girls then after three more goes three more trout visits to the mall i will be different i will be a different breed so i'm looking forward to that let me get some water So this Florida trip is definitely going to happen. I know I announced it like 20 days ago, but it is 100% happening. And I'm actually going to book I'm actually going to book the tickets soon. Today or tomorrow, I'll book them. That's going to be awesome. That trip is going to be really fun. But I want to talk about something that I brought up yesterday. And it's that I've been slacking off lately. I haven't really worked on my business. I haven't worked towards my goals. I haven't really done much. And yesterday after the podcast, I after I told you guys about how I'm not really doing much, I went 
and I checked my email, and it and that email was a newsletter from ClickFunnels, and they were just sharing a bunch of information, very valuable stuff, and I read the whole thing through, but there was one segment of the article that really stuck out to me that I really needed to hear at that moment. And it was from a two comma club winner times two. So he won the two comma club two times. And the two comma club basically means that you've earned a million dollars in sales in one funnel. I'm not sure if it's in one year or a million dollars at like total. But I saw that video, or not video, I I read that article or that quote that they placed in from there. And it was basically four tips from him for you moving, four tips from him for someone who is chasing their first two comma club award, which is basically me. I'm trying to get a million dollars. And in there... He said a bunch, he said four tips, but one of them really stuck out to me and I needed to hear it. He said, treat doing business, treat working on your business as the gym, as you would the gym. So if you went to the gym for eight hours one day, you're just killing yourself. You're just, you're not going to make any gains from that. You're just going to get injured and it's not going to be fun. But if you went to the gym 30 minutes a day for a month, well, then then you will get some gains. You will make some progress. And so that's what he... And he also said, if you go to the gym one day and look in the mirror, you're not going to see any change. But if you go to the gym four days and look in the mirror, you're not going to see any change. But if you go to the gym for three weeks and, or, and look in the mirror, you'll see a little change. Maybe you'll see a tiny change. And then definitely three months, you will see change. So that's what he said. Treat your business as you would tr- to treat the gym. Which I really needed to hear because that is definitely something that I'll take into consideration moving forward because lately I've just been I've even been I've been really inconsistent and so if I just treat the business as the gym consistency like the only thing that I've been treating like the gym in my business is the podcast I've just been consistent at that and I do it an hour every day but other than that it's not really it's not really good. I'm not really doing being very consistent. I've just been working on my podcast. So what I came up, the solution that I came up with is I need to figure out what I, what I want. And what I think I want is to build funnels for other people. And then the second step is to figure out how to do that. And then after that, I need to treat it like a, like the gym and create a routine and work on it 30 minutes every day and take some rest days if needed, but just stay consistent and add it to my schedule. 
So right now, everything is in my schedule. I've got a very strict schedule. I follow a morning routine that takes about two hours and 10 minutes. And then I go to school, which takes four hours, three hours maybe, which I'm very grateful I only have to go to school for three hours. And then I go come home, eat my lunch, and then on days where I go to the gym, I go to the gym. If not, then I kind of have a free time slot of an hour or so. And then after the gym or that time slot, I record my podcast for an hour and then I upload it, which usually takes, I edit and upload, which usually takes 20 to 30 minutes, maybe 10 to 20 minutes. I don't know. And then after that, at five o'clock, I start my nighttime routine and that takes an hour and a half and then I go to bed. So I've got a very strict regimented routine that I do every single day. So what I need to do moving forward, I've been successful at everything that I've added into my routine. I've been successful at podcasting because I added it to my routine. I've been successful at the gym because I added it to my routine. I've been successful at even the tiny little things that I added into my routine. Like working on doing three sets or two sets or one set of neck bridges, neck push-ups every single day. And I've seen some very good results from that after one week of doing it consistently. And balancing on a medicine ball I added into my routine. 10 minutes a day. And I've already improved so much. And it's only been like a week and a half. So what I'm trying to say is, whatever you add into your routine and just get consistent at it, you teleport one month from now and you're going to be exceptionally good at it. So that's what, that's what I've done with all of my things. And then most of the time I usually keep it in my routine for the, for the remainder of my life so far. Once I added the gym to my routine, I just kept it in there. I, Yeah, I moved it around here and there. Sometimes I didn't go. Sometimes I did go. But it's always been a staple of my routine. So that's what I need to do. I need to treat the business the same as I would treat anything else I'm planning on being successful at. Just add it to my routine and then become consistent at it and work on it every day. So if I simply just do 30 minutes of focus time on my business every single day, sit down for 30 minutes and just crank some work out, just crank some work done, then I will definitely succeed in business. Especially now because it's not summer anymore and I'm a part-time student, so I have to go to school for half the day. I definitely don't have as much time as I did a couple weeks ago. So I have to compensate for that and add it into my routine, which is perfect because I definitely can fit 30 minutes into my day. It would be a slight, I'd have to cut, I'd have to go to the gym fairly quickly on days where I go to the gym. 
but I could definitely make it work, especially on days, days where I don't go to the gym because I've got, like I said, I have that whole time slot open from available from the days, same time that I go to the gym, which is around one to two, one to two thirty. So I'm thinking if I, because here, let me say this. I used to like to be done recording my podcast at four so I can get a study session done, but I actually stopped reading two books at once for many reasons because I just feel like I'm not retaining enough information for it to make it worth it. And so I used to like to study from four to five, but now I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm just studying in the morning. So I actually have that whole slot open so I can work on my podcast. I can do my podcast from 3.30 until 4.30 and then edit until 5 and then go straight to my nighttime routine. So I really actually do have a lot of, uh, a lot of time available to work on business. So it's, if I don't succeed moving forward, it's simply just because I'm making excuses and I'm just slacking. But that's really one of the challenges for me. I don't really know how to move forward. I don't know what to do. I said that I wanted to build funnels for people and I think that that would be one of the paths forward because I've got maybe 20 some days until my birthday. And in 20, once it's my birthday, I'm going to make a business account, a business bank account and focus on my, focus on my, my business, my business. And so if I can build my skills, building funnels for 20, 20 times or for 20 days, 30 minutes a day, then I will definitely be ample prepared for the launch of my business. So all these, if I, if I lock in moving forward, then all the stars will align and it will be, I'll be on like episode 50 something. So hopefully I'll have an audience as well. And then I can promote my new product. I can build a product for you guys and then promote it to you guys. So I'll have traffic. I don't know. Things are looking bright. The stars are starting to align. Outer intention is working. Now that's another thing I wanted to talk about. I have been daydreaming a lot lately and I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I am definitely not as focused or vigilant as I should be. I find myself falling asleep a lot throughout the day and just zoning out. And it's it's not where I'm, I'm hoping to be right now. And I know I talked about it yesterday, how meditation is an exercise and it shouldn't be something that you just sleep through and just get go through the motions to get it done. And after I talked about that, I'm not even going to lie. It was tough meditating that long. And there was a lot of times where I would just stop 
I would literally just start stretching or do something dumb. And then I'd wake up and I realized, what am I doing? But while I was reading the Are You Dreaming book the other night, I read this part where he said that clearing your mind and staying present is could be a lifelong journey. And it, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that you work towards all your life. And it could be someone's life purpose. So that gave me some comfort in thinking because I'm, I've only been really doing this for a little over a month, maybe even a month and a half. I don't know. And I've made some improvement, but it's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not too happy with my, my results so far. I, I want to be more, I want to have more focus. But when when I read that, it's very comfort comforting to think, but I still it's hard for me to accept. So if you guys are in a position where you're trying to stay present throughout the day, we're in the same boat, and it's not easy, and it's actually I struggle to say it's not possible because. I feel like it is possible to stay vigilant all day, even if you were put into my mind. It would just take a lot of willpower, and then that second, the second you lose focus, you're asleep. So, I don't know. But today, over the past couple days, I'm going to shift the topic a little bit. I want to talk to you guys about how over the past couple days, my mind has been a little not focused, even during my meditations, or not, well, yeah, meditations, but especially during my studying. And so today I just took the whole morning off. I, I took the day off from studying, and I took a nap instead right before school. And I feel like I'm not going to be taking naps before school in the future because I was like, I was definitely low energy first period, but I don't know. I, I definitely feel like my energy is low and I want to fix that. And one of the ways I feel could work to fix it is to fix my breathing and I know my breathing is not what it should be because I got a seven seconds on the bolt score, which a healthy person's bolt test score should be at least 40 seconds. And I got seven seconds. So I'm definitely not where I should be at breathing. And I got an email saying from someone saying that if you fix your energy or if you fix your breathing, your energy levels actually go up. So I signed up for their webinar and it's on Thursday, which is in two days, but it's at nighttime. It's at like 4.30 to 7. So I'm probably not going to go to it. And I predict that he's just going to teach strategies and not tactics because that's the industry standard for webinars, for free webinars. I don't know. 
I'll figure it out. I have two books that I could refer to as well. I'm going to get some water. So today, I want to, okay, I want to talk to you guys about how I've been bulking or I've been batching my meals. So I only eat two meals a day, but the, each of those meals are really big. So breakfast is eight eggs and a bunch of spinach with bone broth, eggshells. I eat all this separate bone broth, eggshells, uh, a shot of olive oil and and also I eat a cup of rice. So basically the staple of breakfast is eight eggs with, with spinach and a cup of rice. White rice, of course. And that is pretty straightforward to get down. In the beginning, when I first did that, it was difficult to get down. And then it just got easier and easier. Oh, and I also eat two bananas. I ate that first. And then my lunch is one and a third pounds of ground beef with sauerkraut on top of it. And then I have two chicken breasts. And that's lunch. And I have fruit also. I, I just eat fruit throughout the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... I wanted to say I only eat two times a day because I it's I, I take it takes a long time to cook. So I just cook it all cook everything at the same time. It saves time and it saves time doing the dishes and cleaning and stuff. <clears throat> and I'm saying this because I knew that it was good to go on a walk or do some sort of light physical activity right after you're done eating, but I never really did it. My friend always did it and he swears by it, but I have been doing it lately with going to the gym. I bike to the gym right after I eat, which I know I should be waiting a little bit, but I I don't care. I At least I should care, but... I got different motives right now. And so today I ate and then biked pretty far, biked for maybe 15 to 20 minutes there and then 15 to 20 minutes back. So I biked for like 40 minutes and usually my stomach feels full and it feels like bloated. But once I was done eating my, my lunch, I like don't feel any bloating. I just I feel like I digested all of my food. I can actually do like a semi vacuum. Not all the way, but I wouldn't have even been been able to get this far if I didn't bike. So if you guys are trying to figure out some way to Stop the bloating. Just go on a walk right after you're done eating. That's a nice tip. I want to talk about nighttime. So about uh, two months ago, a little bit less than two months ago, I 
bought a mat, a tatami mat, which is basically a mat that's woven by grass, rush grass. So it's basically a mat that's made of grass, essentially. And it's the that type of mat is what the samurais used to sleep on back in the day. And I bought it originally. I originally saw it on a video about how to improve your sleep. It was an esoteric sleep guide. And then I, I kind of just dismissed that mat for a while. And then when I was looking to add meditation to my routine consistently, I knew I wasn't going to do it unless it was at my house and in my room, but I didn't have any mat to sit on and I didn't want to sit on my bed because that would have been inconvenient because my, if I sit on my bed, crisscross apple, applesauce, then it, I like sink into the bed and it's just not that great. And I didn't want to sit on the floor because it would hurt my butt. I just didn't want to make it inconvenient. So I wanted to make it as convenient as possible so I could actually do it consistently. So I bought, I remembered that mat that I saw in that video. Then I rewatched the video and then I ordered the mat. It was like $130. And I remember I was like, oh, maybe I should actually sleep on it as well. So the first night I put it in the corner of my room and I actually slept on it. And then I followed my routine where I meditated on the mat. And then I actually liked sleeping on it, but I didn't, I actually didn't like it, but I liked the vibe of it. So then I came up with this idea while I was doing my journaling and it was that it was to just get rid of everything in my room except for my mat. So I did that. I got rid of my bed. I got rid of my dresser and I put my dresser in my closet. So all my stuff is in my closet, but the only thing in my room as of two months ago is my tatami mat, which is in my the corner of my room. And actually I think yeah, uh, the tatami mat and like my fan and my air air purifier, and that's pretty much it. My journal as well, but whatever, and some timers. But that changing my the vibe of my room to that dojo vibe, that disciplined warriors vibe, it's really changed the course of events in my life, because now I. I mean, I was disciplined. I was very disciplined before, but my room was kind of not really reflecting that discipline. So me changing my room to that, and plus I nailed blackout curtains on my door and my window so no one can get in without, like if you open my door, then you are greeted to blackout curtains. So you have to open the curtains to get in. And the window is just pitch black, but I can open it during the day. So my room gets pitch black at night, uh, anytime when I want to have it pitch black, which is very good for my sleep. 
because I go to bed at 6.30 and it's very bright out, especially during the summer. During wintertime, it'll get darker sooner and I, it'll probably get dark around 6.30, I think. Maybe 5, I don't know. But it's having that change in my room is just so valuable. It's so good because I go to, I actually, in the beginning, I know I touched on this earlier, but in the beginning, I did not really have a good sleep the first week. The whole first week of me sleeping on the tatami mat, it was poor quality. It was low quality sleep. And that was simply because my my body wasn't adjusted to sleeping on a hard mat. And then once my body firmed up and adapted to that floor, basically sleeping on the floor, then my sleep got so good. And now I, I believe that my sleep is actually better than before. I sleep naked on my mat. The only thing that is on my mat when I'm sleeping is my pillow, two pillows actually, one to hug throughout the night and then one to put my rest my neck on, my head on, and then a blanket and that's it. I don't have any sheets or anything. I just sleep on the on the mat naked and I have one blanket. That might change during winter time when it gets cold. I might have two or three blankets, but I only need one blanket. And I bring in a candle when I'm meditating and journaling. And I have it pitch black when I'm meditating and journaling. So I just use the candle because that serves two purposes. I can read what I'm writing. I can actually see what I'm writing. And also it keeps it dark enough. So it keeps it bright enough so I can read what I'm writing and see what I'm writing but it keeps it dark enough to where my eyes adjust and it knows my brain basically knows that it's nighttime and that it's dark out now. And that's huge for that. And I also changed the temperature in my house. So I'm very happy with the progress that I've made in my journey, in my journey, because I was just reflecting on my freshman year, I was, it was during Zoom. And by the way, for context, I'm on my senior year right now, first semester. And freshman year was during COVID, during the lockdown. So we were all on Zoom. And I remember during the second semester, we had the choice to go in for hybrid, which was basically half the time we were on Zoom and half the time we were in person. It was more like a third of the time we were in person and two thirds we were on Zoom. So we, I got to go in person and there was only like a third of the, less than a third of the class in my, in each of my classes at once. And I just remember being super nervous and having a lot of anxiety sitting in those classrooms, having the mask on and all that stuff. And I also remember I was basically skinny and I also would just scroll on TikTok all morning long and I would just be on TikTok throughout all of class. And I'm really happy with my progress. I haven't even been on my phone in like two days and I'm probably not going to be on my phone tonight. I, I really don't see 
I've for the past maybe a month I have been keeping my phone in the basement maybe two months actually maybe since I don't know for a decent amount of time at least two months I've been keeping my phone in my basement and not and only using it like once a day or if I needed to use it but I've always used it once a day I would always check it once a day to check the texts check my texts but yesterday when it was I would always check my phone after recording my podcast during the downtime when it was downloading and I would check my phone once every day but now yesterday I was like I don't even want to check my phone I don't need to check my phone I don't feel any urge to so I'm not going to and that's just very inspiring because I haven't been on my phone in over 48 hours. And my screen time is less than an hour a week, probably. It's like really low. Now my screen time on my computer is a little higher because I am on the podcast. every sing- I record on my podcast every single day. So that's a different story. But my phone, I just don't use anymore. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna check my phone today either. Cause if people want to talk to me, they can talk to me in real life. And if they if they don't want to wait for me to respond, well then they don't need to hear my response because they can talk to me in real life and they can be patient. Cause I I just the phone is honestly just a weapon it's just so destructive but yeah i've just i i'm just really happy with my progress but i lately i've been really enjoying i'm switching the topic back to the sleep i've really been enjoying my bed which is the tatami mat and i actually have started to become attached to it like i actually it's got a lot of sentimental value to me now. And when I do decide to move out of my house, uh, my parents ha- uh, move out away, move out on my own from my parents. I'm probably going to, if they let me, I'm probably going to keep my my room exactly how it is. And every time I visit, I'll just stay in my room. <laughs> and that would be cool. And plus, it'll be kind of like a time, a time, what's the word? Timeshare or it's, I can't think of the word, but it's basically an example of it would be, they like to do this for classes, like during one class in first grade, let's say, they the teacher would say, hey, everyone put a bunch of objects of meaning and write a note to yourself and put it in a box and bury it in your backyard. And then 10, 20 years later, you would, oh, time capsule. It's a time capsule. 10, 20 years later, you would dig it up and read that note and look at the objects. But that's kind of what I have a vision for my room. It's just... I kind of have a lot of sentimental value, but I also 
if if I had to get rid of it, I, I wouldn't mind losing it. I just it feels very special to me because of what I've achieved since I changed my room. And even before I I think yeah, one year ago today I was my room still had my PC and my Xbox and a TV and a monitor, all kinds of stuff in it. And my room actually still had that stuff while I was on self-improvement. It wasn't until a couple months later when I decided to just get rid of it and not not keep it in my room. I put it in my basement. Or I put my PC in the basement and then I put the Xbox upstairs in the attic in the storage. And I have no plans on pulling it out ever and playing it. But really, life is looking amazing in the future. But I want to tell you guys that it's not in reality, in my normal life. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Today, yesterday, a couple days, like all the time, I fail to find, I fail to keep myself happy. I fail to stay happy all the time. And... I I don't know why, but sometimes I'm like, sometimes for like the entire day, I'm simply just not very happy. Low energy, all of that. But then other days, I'm just happy throughout the whole entire day and I'm just so happy. But that's not every day of my life. It's about once a week or two times a week. I don't know. And you guys can see... The, if you guys have been following this journey, I remember this is a kind of a side tangent. Uh, when I started podcasting, maybe once every two weeks, like before I podcast, once every two weeks throughout that summer, I would have a, a big turning point, a big event in my life happen. But once I started podcasting and really got locked in, it moved down to once every nine days and then it moved to once every seven days. And I remember on episode seven, maybe, and then episode 14 and then episode on episode seven and 14 were both. I'm pretty sure episode seven was one, but on episode seven and 14 were both turning points in my life. And I remember saying on episode 14 that maybe episode 21 will be another turning point. And turns out it, f- it is following the pattern, but instead it was cut short one more day. So episode 20 was a turning point. And then late on episode 14, I'm pretty sure the day after episode 15 was a low, like a low day, a low energy, not that happy. And it was the same thing with episode 20. Episode 21 that day was low energy, but episode 20 was high energy, super happy turning point. So it's kind of weird. It's almost like a roller coaster where you go up and then that, that peak is the happy day. And then you go down and then you go back up again. But the thing that I've noticed is that Every single time I go up, I hit that peak. That's a turning point. And then I go down. But when I go down, I don't 
go all the way down to where I was originally. So point A is day six. And then point B is day seven, which is a high point. And then point C is day eight, which is low point, but that low point is still higher than point A, if that makes sense. And then every single time I hit a, 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 a peak and then a low point, I'm just on a incline. So a progressive incline from there. And it's just looking good. The future's looking good. I'm getting better every day. And as long as I really, it's easy for me to stick on the routine. I just have to go by things by the day. Sometimes I get moments and thoughts where I'm like, why am I doing the same thing every single day? I'm bored. But then I find joy in the things that I'm doing and I get it, I start to get excited because there's this one quote that I remember on early on in reality transurfing. It's if you can if you can find joy in every part of your life, every aspect of your life, you'll turn your life into a paradise. And so if you can find joy in every single part of your routine, every single part of your day, even if it's happens every single day, then you'll, you'll turn your life into a paradise, a paradise. And that's what I plan on doing. Let me get some water. I want to talk to you guys about this. One of the concepts that I learned about the the other day, yesterday I think it was, and it's in Transurfing. It's in Slides, that chapter, the chapter about slides. And a slide is basically your perception of the world. So it's nearly impossible to have a entirely objective point of view on the world. I think it's actually impossible, completely impossible. But everyone sees the world through their own lens, and that lens is the slide. And a lot of people are wrapped up in their own thoughts about themselves and worried about how others will perceive them. And this concept that I learned about in Transurfing is very comforting. And every time I catch myself worrying about others, then I always remind myself this. And it's this one quote that I always remind myself. It's, people are 90%... Wait, what's the word? People are 90% busy with their with thoughts about themselves. So people... Uh, people's nine people's attention span is taken up maybe not attention span but mind space thought space is taken up by 90% of thoughts about themselves so they're worried about what other people will think about themselves for 90% of the time and they're worried about what themselves are appearing out on their outwards and so if you can basically remember that quote when you are 
worried about what other people are thinking, just remember that and realize that they're not actually thinking about you. So you can relax with that fact. It's very comforting. And I want to say, he said that people only care, people only place importance or meaning on others' external appearance, outward out, outward appearance, if they're a potential partner or competitor. So pretty much if they only care about your appearance, if you're a potential partner, so a potential mate, a potential boyfriend or girlfriend, that's the only time. So, and that's only a select few people that we see in our day-to-day lives barely anyone so 99% of others you don't have to worry about what they're thinking and I would go so far to say that you don't even have to worry about that 1% because for many reasons and this is one of the reasons one of the personal reasons is because right now me personally I am not focused on getting a girlfriend I'm just focused on myself and focused on my mission my path, my journey, my goals, my purpose. But, and that's why I don't care about, I, I do care about the 1%, but I always remind myself, focus on the goal. Don't worry about this person's thoughts. And that's really very comforting to think about. People are wrapped up with 90 People are 90% wrapped up with thoughts about themselves. So take that how you will. Move forward with that knowledge and always remind yourself about that because I find myself walking, like even this morning when I was walking to school, this is just one example of my my one day. I was walking to school. I had just parked my bike and I was walking right in front of the school to the main entrance. And there was two girls walking behind me and they were laughing and talking. I was like, cause I'm really insecure about my butt because I get sweaty very easily. So I was worried that I had a sweat stain on my butt, like on my crack. Cause I wear great gray sweatshirt, sweat shorts gray shorts sometimes and so I was worried that they could that there was a sweat stain on my butt and it's just something that I'm insecure about how much I sweat because I sweat a lot and then they started laughing and I was I instantly thought oh no they're laughing at my butt there's a sweat stain on it but then I was like no people are 90% wrapped up with with thoughts about themselves and then I was like, okay, I can c- calm down and be comfortable because they're they don't care about what I'm what about me. And it definitely was true because they were not laughing at me. And that's just one simple example. That's just the first example that popped up in my head. There are hundreds of other examples that I could speak on right now, but pretty much any time you find yourself insecure or feeling that someone is talking about you or thinking about you, just remember that they're most likely thinking about themselves. And if you want proof of this, ask your highest, most critical critic. Ask your number one critic, which is yourself. 
do you think about what other people are doing? If there is this random stranger on the street, do you think about their appearance or do you think about w what that they might be insecure about? No, you just acknowledge you, you don't even sometimes you don't even acknowledge their existence. Sometimes you don't even realize that they're there. And that goes that's holds true that holds the same truth for people close to you as well. Do you feel that your best friend, do you worry about what they think about you? Or or no, do you think about them? Do you judge them? No, probably not. So that's just it's just silly. Um, and I still struggle with it, but I'm becoming conscious of it. And that's the first step to change, become conscious of it and then make change. So every time I catch myself feeling insecure and worried about what other people are thinking, I always just remind myself of that quote, people are wrapped up 90% of thoughts about themselves. So 90% of the time they are thinking about themselves and that 10% is probably is definitely not about you. It's definitely about food or what they're going to or some video game or it does what they have to do for homework at night. That 10% is not about you. And even if they do think about you, it's for one millisecond. They're like, Oh, if, if someone is ugly, you may notice it right when you meet them, but then it just instantly gets dismissed in your brain it's just you don't even think that they're ugly you're just like oh they kind of look a little strange but then you instantly just shift and then if you become friends with them you don't even notice it and that's this is just true and if you don't believe me ask yourself ask yourself if it's true and ask yourself if you think this way towards other people and you'll find the answers To wrap things up, don't forget to download your favorite episodes and subscribe to the Ascend Momentum Show. But before you guys leave, make sure to remember the Eagles.